You may be seated for our scripture reading found in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through John, 1 John 2, verse 2. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. If anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. He is risen. He is risen Hallelujah. As Mike said, we're in the Easter season. This is our second Sunday in Easter. And so uh, today we're looking at light and not darkness. Last week it was life, not death. This, uh, this Not That sermon series that we're in is based on that popular book series of, of things. I think it's just food. Is it just about food or are there other things for This Not That? You don't know either? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> well, This Not That is the idea is that this is what we're supposed to be about when it comes to food because it's better for you and it's got fewer calories or fat or whatever it is and we're supposed to go after this and not that, that bad stuff. Well, Today, as we think about light and darkness, I'm reminded of in my home over the last three months, since early December, we've been working in our basement, and we had some flooding that happened in early December, and so we decided to to redo our basement. And it it started with just the floor, because the floor was wet, and then we thought, well, that part of the wall got wet over there, so we better redo the walls. And then we're like, well, if we're redoing the walls, we might as well redo the ceiling, and if we're going to redo the, let's just redo everything. And so as we did that, as we started tearing everything out, our basement has no natural light. There's no, you know, uh, windows across the top. So it was complete darkness when we started down there. It all began with darkness, and we, we had to figure out a way to get light. And so first of all, I bought some of those work lights, and I ran an extension cord upstairs and uh, used work lights. And then I had to buy light fixtures and get the light fixtures in. Everything began with light. It's kind of like Genesis 1. In the beginning, when God created, the first thing he created out of nothing was light. And our author of our letter today, John, also talks about light. John talks about light quite a bit. In the the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that light came into the darkness. That was John's Christmas story. John doesn't talk about angels and shepherds and and wise men and a manger and a star. No, John talked about light and darkness because light had to come into the world, into a world of darkness. And John ends the story in Revelation again with the light, the light of God 
that shines. Light and darkness is a powerful image for us. You know, as, as, uh, even as adults, I think sometimes darkness, if you're out in the woods and it's completely dark, it can be a little scary. Or, or if you just go through these doors here and down into our basement downstairs, below here there's this big basement that we store things down there. And if you go down there in the dark, a number, if you've been down there, this has happened to you probably, we store the, um, the nativity scene characters and they're almost life-size. They're about three-quarter size. And there's, there's shepherds and wise men that are down there. And if you're wandering around in the dark down there, it can scare the living daylights out of you. Darkness is something that, that we all have this innate fear. We, we recognize that we're vulnerable in the dark. Even my kids to this day will say, Dad, can you go turn on the lights in the basement before we go down there? I, I'm a little scared. We recognize something about darkness. It's not where we were meant to live. It's not how we were meant to be living in darkness. You see, when God created Adam and Eve and things were perfect, they lived in the light of God's love. They had this perfect relationship with God. Actually, there are some Jewish traditions that say that Adam and Eve were first created as beings of light. And then it wasn't until the fall that they took on skin. There are other traditions that say, no, they, were, they had skin, but they glowed. They emanated light. And then at the fall, they lost their shine. And we kind of see this in other parts of Scripture. When Moses comes down off the mountain of being with Jesus, uh, of being with God on the mountain, his face shined, and they had to cover up his face. Or Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, when he revealed his glory, and Jesus shined like lightning. But regardless of what's going on visibly or physically here, the spiritual truth still remains that we are meant to be people of light and not of darkness. And that's what John, that's what John addresses. Because when sin came into the world, darkness entered in. Darkness is merely the absence of light. In science, you measure light. You don't measure darkness. And darkness are those places where light doesn't exist. And in our world, those places where God's ways are not followed is where darkness exists. But John points out the fact that that darkness exists in you and me as well. Because he says, if we claim to have fellowship with God, and yet we walk in darkness, we're being hypocritical. We're saying one thing, and yet we're doing another. That's the definition of being a hypocrite. Saying one thing and doing another. Reminded me, I I read a leadership book one time, and I I was really excited about it. I took it to one of my friends, and I said, hey, you got to read this leadership book. And he saw the book, and he's like, oh, I've already got it. I'm like, what's the deal? I love this book. It's great. I said, did you read it? He's like, no, I didn't read it. what's the deal? Why didn't you read this book on leadership? It's a great book. It might be, but the guy that gave it to me was a former boss that I had, and he was a terrible, terrible leader. And I didn't want to read a book on leadership that he was recommending. You see, when we say one thing and we, we do another thing, we see that as hypocrisy. And actually the world often calls Christians hypocrites. Because what they see in the lives of Christians is not an example 
of Christ, or it's a very poor example. John calls us out, and John calls us hypocrites here. When, he, when we say that we have fellowship with God, and yet we continue to walk in darkness. So what's John really saying? When he says that we, if we claim, if we claim that we have fellowship with God, what does it mean to claim to have fellowship with God? Well, I think first of all, if we claim to have fellowship with God, we claim that, that God is Lord. That he is over my life. That he's the one that's in control. He's sitting on the throne. And I submit to his will and his authority. First of all, as people of light, we claim that God is Lord. And second of all, we claim that God is truth. What he has to say in his word about himself and what he has to say about me is true. And third, if he is Lord and he is truth, then finally he is light. Our focus for today, that in him is no darkness at all. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and I will follow his ways in my life. I will walk in his light because he is the light. So if we say that we have fellowship with him, we're going to submit to who he is as Lord, we're going to believe his truth, and we're going to walk in his light. So how do we do that? Well, Paul, uh, John says here in his epistle, the first thing that we need to recognize is that we do sin. To claim to be in fellowship with him is to recognize that we are not God that we are not perfect, that we need him in our life, that we need his light to shine. What happens when light shines? It reveals things. And when God tells us that we have fallen short of his will, it is the truth. To walk as people of the truth is to recognize that I'm a sinner and I need God's grace. And John says here that when that happens, when we confess our sins, then the blood of Christ covers us. The blood of Christ forgives us because in confession, there is absolution. In confession, there is grace. There is forgiveness. To walk as people of the light is to recognize that I have sin. I have darkness. So oftentimes, it's hard for us to see that darkness. When you walk in darkness too long, you start to lose sight. It reminds me of the, the Mexican cave fish. This fish lives in caves where there is no light. And over time, this particular type of fish has completely lost its eyes. It not only went blind, it's completely lost its eyes altogether. And I think this is our danger this is, is a, a problem for us. When we walk in darkness, we start to lose sight of what's right and what's wrong. I mean, how many pastors have given sermons on Christian living, on living a part of God's laws, and afterwards have parishioners come to them and say, great, great message, pastor. I know a lot of people that needed to hear that message today. Because we can recognize sin in others, but we don't always recognize it in ourselves. To walk as people of light, to walk as people of truth is to recognize, I need you, Lord. That's what Easter is all about. 
That's what the good news of the empty tomb means, is that we have been forgiven. Christ has conquered the effects of our sin when he conquered death itself. We no longer have to fear death. But John continues on. He says, I write this so you don't sin. You see, just because we have been given God's grace and God's cleansing, it's not a license to sin. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card that we get to go on living however we want. It means that we need to continue to walk in the light. It reminds me of, of uh, I, I read recently about the Olympic torch. And the history of the Olympic torch in its modern era, it began in 1936 in the Olympic Games in Germany where the, the torch began at the original uh, Olympic site in Greece and it was passed through a single torch and it got to the Games. And that's what we do today. But the original, in, in the uh, um, uh, ancient running of the Olympics, the torch was actually a relay race. And there were multiple teams that each had their own torch. And in this relay race, of the passing of the torch, the goal of the race was to cross the finish line with your torch still lit. It wasn't enough to be the first team to cross the finish line. You had to cross the finish line with your torch lit. I think so oftentimes in life, we're running the race. We think we're doing great because we're following the ways of the world. We're being guided by worldly things. We look like we're in the front, but our torch isn't lit anymore. John tells us that we need to be people of that light and walk in the light, continue to carry the torch. He goes on to say, but when you do fall, see the truth is that we are going to fall. There is nothing this side of heaven that we can do to be perfect. We walk according to that truth and we recognize our sin and we realize that we are going to fall but we have an advocate for us. It reminds me of a, a little girl, Jane, who went to church and she heard the message. It was entitled, Let Your Light Shine. And so Jane went home and she couldn't remember anything about the message except the title. And she asked her mom, what does that mean, let your light shine? And her mom said, well, Jesus' light shines in our lives and, and that means that we're good and we're kind and, and we're always cheerful and we're helpful. And little Jane said, okay, I can do that. It wasn't long until she was back in her bedroom with her brothers and sisters, and there was fighting going on, and, and Jane was right there at the middle of it. And her mom came in and said, Jane, what happened? I thought you were going to let your light shine. And Jane said, I think I blowed myself out. Sometimes that happens. We know that the sin that lives inside of us is, is always going to be there. And so our gospel reading for today was actually in John 19. And the gospel reading is one where Jesus comes to his disciples on the night of his resurrection. And when he comes, he stands before his disciples. And when he finds them, they're actually, now this is the first Easter. Are they having an Easter party that night? Are they gathered with ham and potatoes and rolls and, and no. His disciples are locked away for fear. They're locked away in darkness. And Jesus stands before them in their darkness, and he doesn't, 
He doesn't reprimand them. He doesn't get all over them and say, what do you think, guys? This is Easter. I rose again. He's, I'm risen. I'm risen indeed. No. Rather than reprimand them, he says, peace. He brings peace into their darkness. And he shows them his hands and his side. And he says, for this fear, for this darkness that you're living in, look what I did. I paid the price so that you don't have to live in this darkness anymore. Jesus comes to us today. He comes to us on this side of the empty tomb, in our darkness, in our places where God is absent, and he comes and he walks in and he says, peace, I bring you my peace. John says here that, that, that when we do sin, we have an advocate who stands before the Father, scars and all. Jesus stands before the Father as our advocate and says, that one's mine. My blood covers over her. My blood covers over his sin. But Jesus didn't leave the disciples that way. Then he blew on them and he gave them the gift of his Holy Spirit. And he tells them to go out and be his disciples, bringing forgiveness to the world, forgiving sins, bringing that peace to others. And he tells us the same thing. He gives us a new identity, his Holy Spirit in baptism. And he gives us peace, peace with God. And he calls us to go out and, and make that peace with others, to proclaim the good news that Jesus Christ has defeated death. So brothers and sisters, we are people of life, not people of death. And Jesus comes to us today in our darkness to bring his light. Amen.